I, he was, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. drunk. Oh, yes. He was stroking my leg with his foot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, started, I just like pulled out of the pants and I just like ripped him. Because <laughs> it's like pop, 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 pop. So now I ripped my pants while recording a podcast. All right. The things never end. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so you remember Mike Liddell. Yeah, my pillow. Oh, gosh. Okay. My guy. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, not my guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Okay. Talk about it. Maybe I have. So this past week, he had what he called the Technology Symposium. Yes. On South Dakota. Okay, I saw him talking about that on some, like, commercial type thing. But I, I was like, what the heck is this about? Okay, so what has Mike been Mike's biggest thing since the election? The the voting crap that the that the election was stolen. Da, yeah. da, da. Okay. Yes, I'm saying this as someone who doesn't like Biden. I'm saying this as someone who wishes Trump won in the last election. Yeah, I'm saying this as someone who says yes, there there are some irregularities in the last election, and the audits should continue. And yeah. then we should proceed and look at what the audits say. But. But this guy is full of crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It drives me absolutely <laughs> nuts. <laughs> and the thing is, oh, no. anyone worth a lick yeah. of their career in technology would look at what he's presenting and like, say. This dude's an idiot. No. Shut up. Yeah. Here's why. First off. Oh, yay. I'm excited for first this. First off, he goes, oh, we're going to have this technology symposium. I'm going to present all the evidence. All the evidence. All the- what has come out of that technology symposium is zero evidence. There's been no evidence given. Oof. None allowed for people to analyze. the. And then they had he had like a $5 million challenge. If you can prove that the data he had was not from the ninth election. Notice what that said. Not from the ninth election. Not not that the data was incorrect or didn't prove election fraud. The five million dollars is if you could prove the data was not from the night of the election. That's some word manipulation. The reason is because the only data that they had for the people, and this was a in like a closed event that was streamed online for free. But if you want to go to an event, you had to buy tickets and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. The data that was available for you to go through to prove it wasn't data that like a person with a computer could plug in a USB drive and then, you know, shift through data, look through at the hashes to see if it's valid data or not. Look at the various pieces of data, see if there's any incongruity, see if there's anything that's been changed, altered, blah, blah, blah. No, it was stuff printed on paper. A pile of paper. Just a pile of paper. Well, here you go. Prove to me that this data is not from the night of the election, Aaron. Here's a pile of paper. Go. There's no context to it. I'm not able to see the folder structure, the file structure, how the things interact. Does it make logical sense that there'd be configuration files next to data files next to this? So, okay. So that's first thing. Oh, yeah. Second thing. He oh. went on. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh. <laughs> he went on some uh, news channel he 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 actually pulled off his ads from fox news because he was upset with them because they wouldn't promote his little technology symposium he wouldn't run they wouldn't run his commercials so he got all upset and pulled all his commercials from fox so fox viewers will no longer see uh my pillow advertisements (laughs) so anyways so okay so he goes i forget which news channel i think it he went on a news channel. He said, here's evidence piece number one. This is like July 22nd. He w- did this. So pretty okay. recently. And he goes, here's evidence piece number one. And then he showed some scrolling text on the screen. Wow. Look at it. And I grabbed a screenshot of it. I'm like, first off, the text was blurry, so you couldn't really read it. Okay. Oh, my god. But I recognize the format. The format is in a hex dump. I don't know. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I get that. So. How do computers work? I don't know. 
the code binary one and zero okay yeah okay that is the basics of how computers work as humans guess what we don't do real well read one and zeros only no we need symbols so a hex dump is a symbolic representation of one and zeros okay that's all it is in a hexadecimal format so a hexadecimal format is eight so it would be like a basic hexadecimal format would be zero X and then seven zeros. That's a basic hex format that you would see. Okay. That's a representation of the ones and zeros, the binary. That is the format that he said, these are my data packets that I captured. We'll get to that in a second. Um, that my, that we had captured. First off, when you look at data captures from a data packet from the internet, you do not view it in hex typically. Because you know why? It is hard to decode just reading hex. You know what you use? You use a professional piece of software. Surprise, surprise. Professional piece of software called Wireshark, which is op- free and open source, which you can then read, put into the data packet. And guess what? It parses all the data for you instead of you having to sit there and go, oh, let me look at the part, try to parse it. That's strike number two. Strike number three. <gasps> they said they captured every packet every as proof packet. over the internet as proof that a foreign actor, that in their case they're saying China, connected to the voting servers. Okay. That, so you're telling me they had someone at the NSA level essentially capturing data for them probably not because here's why okay let's talk about packets real quick <laughs> wait, wait so wait, yeah what is, what is this packet like what is the packet okay so let's boil this down and then we'll so we'll go from the macro level down to the micro level okay macro <clears throat> level your computer yes you go to a website www.duckduckgo.com. Sick. Okay. So you go DuckDuckGo. I like DuckDuckGo. So at DuckDuckGo, you have, you know, when you click on that, you know, when you open the page, right, you yeah. get the, the, the little duck image, right? Okay. And you got the little search the web without being tracked bar. Yes. You type something in the bar. Aaron wow. Johnson. <gasps> okay. That's me. Maybe. And then you click the search. Yeah. What happens when you click search from your perspective? What happens when I click the search? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for anything that's related to Aaron Johnson. Well, no, tell me what happens when I click the search button, right? Oh, yeah. What happens? And, and I'm takes... not saying you don't have to give me all the technical details, but from your perspective, how do you get the results back? How do I get results back? What, what, what does the computer do? I mean, it takes you to stuff that talks about Aaron Johnson's. Okay. This is why I wanted to find out where or what you would know. Okay. <gasps> so when you hit that little search button, yeah. what happens is obviously you have to be connected to the internet for this to work, right? And the DuckDuckGo server is not on your computer. It's what? not in it's not in your house. It's not it's no. it's somewhere in their it's, data center, right? It's connecting yeah. It's grabbing data on what they have on Aaron Johnson. Okay. But how does it communicate to that server? It communicates with packets. Packets. Okay. So this isn't okay. So what happens is you submit that request, right? Yeah. It will take that data that it has to send to the server. You know, it's sending, I need a query on Aaron Johnson, send it back to this computer. It it will add a header, a body, and a tail. The header essentially saying where this came from, where it's going to. The body is the content. What should it be in, right? And then the tail is, you know, hey, is there, are you expecting more? Blah, blah, blah. Sort of stuff. So the in the header, it'll say from Aaron, and I'm oversimplifying it, from Aaron's computer at this IP address to the DuckDuckGo servers at this IP address. Okay? Ugh. Your computer doesn't know how to get to DuckDuckGo. What does it do? It sends that packet out to your, to your uh, modem, your router on your local network your router then goes well i don't know where this is um let's use our dns servers it pulls up its dns server it goes and dns means 
uh, donate domain name systems. That's how the internet okay. works. Domain name systems basically tie an IP address, 1.1.1.1, to a website, DuckDuckGo. Okay, as an example. Because otherwise, if we didn't have that, anytime you want to go to a website, you would have to memorize its IP address instead of its URL name. That would be a horrible, much bigger nightmare. Yeah. And that's what domain name systems do for us. That's what DNS does for us. It ties that data together so we don't have to remember it. The computer does it for us. It, it, computers are great at looking up data and matching them together. And that's exactly what it's doing. So your your router, your modem, it looks at the D, it, it, it sends, it queries DNS and says, hey, I need to get to DuckDuckGo. How do I get there? Oh, you send it to this IP address. Here's the next step of the journey. And it and it'll send it along to each step, right? Here's the thing: what your one query, your your one query might have a few packets to go with it. Let's say five. Okay. Each of those five packets may take a different path to get to DuckDuckGo. Packet one may go through Minnesota. Packet two may go through Iowa. Packet three may go through Texas. Packet four may go through California. And packet. Five may go through Maryland for whatever reason. The way the internet routes is it tries to go to the fastest route possible to its destination. And if there's congestion along one of the paths and it knows about it, it will automatically try rerouting that next packet along a different path. Okay. But this happens instantly. This happens very instantly. Yeah. And it's great. And the nice thing is the the way that the, the packets are done they're uh, serialized and timestamped in such a way that even if uh, the receiving server gets the packets out of order, it'll recombine the packets in the correct order. There's a lot of great technology behind here, but this is a very simplified version of how this works. Okay. 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 So for someone to say they have all the packets from the night. This is literally impossible. They would have to, tap every they would have to tap in a couple different ways either a they would have to tap at the local network level of each of these voting sites that are of the machines that were supposedly online yeah they'd have to tap at the national level like nsa level or they'd have to tap the underwater line between china and the u.s that's assuming it's only going over that cable and it's not going over the cable that goes to europe and then over the land from europe to china there's multiple cables that goes overseas as well strike three (laughs) And, and, and this bugs me like nothing else with this Strike four. <laughs> There's more. Strike three, you would think you're out, right? Yeah, nope, we're up that, to strike I mean, four. You should be, technically. We're up, we're up to strike four. Web packets. What the heck? Okay, so we're back to the packet, right? Yeah. Packets are very simple. Again, I said they could be analyzed in Wireshark, right? Real easily. Okay. What if I was running Wireshark right now on this network and you logged into your bank? Would you expect me to be able to see your credentials? Would I expect you to? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd hope not, but maybe. No. You can't? Okay, good. You know why? No. What What, what are you supposed to look for in the browser every a time secure, you... A secure, like, thing. Yeah. Yes, a secure symbol. Something yes. that says the little this green... Is safe. What, what is that little green safe thing? What is it? Yeah, what does that mean? Besides, what does it mean I mean, by that, it's that secure? Your information is... Isn't how, like, how is it secure? How is it? I don't know how it is. So how it's secure is it's TLS 1.2. Yep. That's the current protocol. That's it. There's other protocols as well that can be used as well. Uh, TLS 1.2 is one example, the most common example, but like a a custom system like the voting system could have their own uh, encryption method. That's a whole other argument that we're going to get into in a second. Uh, (laughs) But so let's say you captured, let's assume... Okay. He had petabytes of data. He had awesome talent. And he was able... Yes, petabytes. You would need petabytes of data to capture all these packets. Um, But listen, you had petabytes of data. You had all the computing power in the world. You were able to capture all these packets. Okay? I'm going to assume that. Let's give him that. Okay? No. I I, I know. But let's give him that. You're telling me that none of these packets are encrypted. Oh. Yes. 
Oh. Yeah, now, that one. Simple rundown of how TLS 1.2, um, or actually any public private encryption works. Okay. Take the word Aaron. Okay. Uh, that is our input. Our, our input is the word Aaron. Okay. That's that let's say that's your password for the super secret banking site. Yes, that is, please super, change it. That's not. <laughs> so so you enter in your password in the password field, and then you hit enter, right? Again, we're talking about packets, and you know, I gave that quick, very high level of how packets work, right? Right. You know, if you've ever seen the mean, the meme of uh, the internet is a series of tubes. Well, the internet is a series of tubes in that way, in that regard. <laughs> so you hit, you hit enter, and it creates, it it, it looks and says, oh, this is a TLS one point two page. It's an encrypted page. We're going to encrypt your data before. And we're going to encrypt that packet before we send it. Yeah. So what it does is on the website, there is what's called a public cert tied to it. That public cert encrypts the data. That data can now only be decrypted in one of two ways. By three. I'll give it three. Okay. One, the private cert decrypts it which would be on the bank servers. So that way, your password could travel all over the internet. I could capture it, but I can't see it because it's encrypted. Huh. But the bank's private server, they get it, they go, they... and then what it does is it actually, it when it tries to decrypt, let's say, let's just say for whatever reason, I set up a, a malicious site, right? That looked okay. exactly like the bank. Uh-oh. It says it's secure, but... I did a boo-boo, and I accidentally sent it to the actual real bank site instead of my <laughs> site, right? Okay. But I used a different public key cert. Because I used a different public cert, it would send it. It would get over here. The, the private key would try to decrypt it and go, oh, nope, that's a different public key. I can't decrypt it. It wouldn't be able to decrypt it. What? Oh, my gosh. It, like, they, they have to match. Yeah. This is how it's cryptographically secure, okay? So they have to match. That's wild. So that's method one. Method two, you could brute force it. Brute forcing takes forever. I feel like I have heard that before. So what is brute forcing but a password? I don't know what it is. That's me sitting down to your website and going, all right, I know Aaron's a username. It's I'm Awesome Johnson. Yeah. And the password is going to be lowercase a, lowercase a, b, lowercase a, b, c, lowercase a, b, c, d. Lowercase b, lowercase b a, lowercase b c. Yeah, that's it's brute forcing. Taking any and every possible. Which is why they tell you when you make your passwords, make them a, ser- a combination of uppercase, lowercase letters, and symbol uh, of uppercase and lowercase letters and symbols. Yeah. The reason being, and characters if you can. Well, yeah. that's symbols. Symbols, symbols characters. Because yeah. you've all, I don't know, maybe you haven't, but I've I've seen the TV shows where it's like you know someone's trying to brute force a password. And it's like, oh, I got the first character. Oh, I got the third character. Oh, I got the fourth character. Right? You've seen that, right? Yeah. Does that work? No. Is, are you asking me or tell me? Does that work no. like that? Does you, it Wait, doesn't? What? No. Okay, I was right. Oh, okay, I was like, what? Because you know how it works for a password. It actually hashes the password. What? What? Yes. Oh. So it will hash the password, and typically you'll add like uh, like what's called a salt to it. So like, let's say your password was Aaron again, right? Yeah. My salt is super salty salt mine. So your password would technically be Aaron super salty salt mine, but you would just have to know the Aaron part. It would right. append the super salty salt mine to it, hash that together, and store that hash as what is my as your password so your password is never it, no one can ever see that it's aaron it only sees the hashed with the yeah. salt result in the database huh okay so trying to brute force it is hard because you have to choose all those combinations and the more combination the more the longer the password right the longer it takes to figure that out and brute forcing it depending on the algorithm and the length could take years. Well, to see, yeah, because I mean, a lot of uh, whenever I, you know, go to make a password, it's saying it, it's a minimum of eight, eight yeah. uh, characters because that increases the length to brute force. Yeah, and again, you add in 
just like if you have lowercase letters only, it's much simpler than lowercase and uppercase. You add in symbols, it becomes infinitely more complex. Yeah. You add in uh, just that combination. Because again, they can't go, hope I got letter one. Hope I got letter. It's an all or nothing operation. Right. So if your password was Aaron, right? With a capital A. And they just tried Aaron with all lowercase a, it would not work because the hashes would be different. And you can't look at the hash and say, how far off am I? Right. It doesn't work like that. So you could brute brute force the password. But you have to, I mean, you would. It would take a while. have a lot of time on your hands. But again, if if it's from the same source, the same source, if you brute force that password, once you have, like, if you, you can brute force that and then figure out the encryption key from there. Then you're good to go. You you can decrypt everything, but again, takes time. It hasn't been years since the election. I'm sorry. We have computing power. I understand. It still takes years to try to brute force that. And you're telling me that they did this on the night of? Of course they did. They've got the best of the best. Okay. Man. Uh, the third option, and I and I include this because it it, it is possible, is that. The password was leaked, or it was a weak password, and you know, and then it got out, and then that's how they're able to decrypt it. That's always a possibility. I'll give you that, but I'm doubting that's the case because I haven't heard anything about that being the case in this card. Right. Strike four. What's strike five? <laughs> strike five. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I told you I was just in. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. This is wild. So you have all this going on and people are doing this. And this, this pissed me off when I saw this. Okay. Because what they're doing here is they're taking an example, a very oversimplified, and I admit, I'm giving very oversimplified, you know, high level things right now. Right. But they were using a high level, simple example with no security baked into it as their uh-huh. proof that this happened with no security. so here's what they did they had two computers wow okay so my computer and your computer okay Uh-oh. and a voting machine over here that 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 read in the votes okay okay they had their own homegrown voting software on machine a so let's say your machine's machine a right Okay. And they pulled it up and they said, look, we have three votes, blah, blah, blah. They then connected to the other machine from machine B and ran a SQL query. So SQL um, is a database engine. Database engines used to store and retrieve data. That's what it does. That's great. That's, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Okay. They connected to the database remotely. Using the password that they knew. So that's one part of the problem. In this scenario to work real time in the wild, they would have to know all the passwords for all the states, for all the SQL databases. The the probability of that is really, really low. Could I give it a probability? No, but it's less than 0.0001%, to be honest. That's a real low probability. Unless they somehow manage to sneak spies into every state in the U.S. to get all these passwords. Could it happen? I will give it that. Maybe. But the probability is is pretty really low. Close to nothing. And then they ran a simple SQL statement. A SQL statement is instructions to the database on what to do. And they said, insert these three votes. They go, see, see, we have three votes inserted in the voting software. I'm like, that's, and they're, they're using that as proof, as evidence that this is what happened. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. That's, and my brain just wanted to <laughs> yell so hard. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why people are still buying into this. Well. Because here's the thing. I honestly believe it's doing more damage than it's doing good. That is good. Yeah. I understand that people are not happy with Biden. I know where I'm near happy. The inflation, the craziness of people quitting their jobs, and there's more open positions and everything. The pandemic, the border, all that stuff. Not happy with how this is being handled at all. 
Okay. It it, it it it's a little crap show. Yeah, that's a mess. That being said, I I, I it, it's a hard it's hard for me to suspend reality and look at some of the stuff and say no. Now, does some of it like they had someone running statistics on some stuff? I was like, okay, you're running statistics on numbers of voters and that that that's more convincing than any of this other stuff that you just yeah. brought up here. Because this is data we could actually take action on. This is real hard data. This isn't data that has not been released to be scrutinized and analyzed. There's a few more problems I have with this so-called data that he has collected. One, we don't know what the source where this data came from. He won't reveal who the source is of this data. Oh, that is a big problem for me. Yeah, I don't care if you say you've given it to a white hat hacker group. How did you get this data? What's the authentication source? Because if I, if you're saying, oh, I just got this data from somewhere, but yet the person who gave it to you is maybe faking the data because he goes, oh, the data can't be faked. Uh, All data can be faked yeah. if it's digital. All data can be faked if there's no way to verify where it came from. Yeah. That's why, that's why like you downloading a game from the internet, it does that. It, it, they sometimes give you the hash and say, validate this game or this file has the same hash before you try to run it to make sure it didn't get uh, accidentally changed in the middle of transit. Huh. That's exactly why. That's what that is. Because that can get corrupt. I don't know if you've ever encountered this. Um, I, I've encountered this myself personally. May, the software developer doesn't give me the hash of the of the software on their site, but I download their executable and I run it, and it goes, "There's a hash mismatch," oh, oh. and and it refuses to install because what it does is before it installs every file, it checks against an internal database and goes, "This file should have this hash. This file should have this hash. This file should have this hash." Oh, it doesn't. Something got corrupted in the download. Stop. It's a basic component of heart of software. That's because there is the possibility of data. Getting messed up. Getting messed up during the transit. Yeah. The the way we <laughs> the way we send and receive packets. Yeah. The system has a bunch of uh, of safety mechanisms in it. You know, it, if it gets a packet and it says, "Oh, this packet is obviously corrupt," it can request the computer to retransmit that same packet again. You know, that happens all the time, and we don't have to do anything. The software does it all for us, and then. So yes, corruption does happen. It, in London, I was, oh, there's no way to to corrupt and fake this data. Yes, there is. Uh, yeah. Have you? And then I was like, you open it up in a hex editor, you can edit the files easily. That's not a problem. You, that's if you have a hex editor, you have access to change those. If you even go down even further, you can change the ones and zeros directly. I was like, yes, you can change these things. You can flip. I have done that myself to many programs just to get around things when I've been playing on programs and experimenting. Yeah. There are ways to fake the data, so don't tell me the There's crap not. that there isn't. Yeah. So here's a question. What would be more corrupt if we had people count every individual vote or if we had the machines count all the votes? What would be more corrupt? Yeah. Well, it depends on the process on how the people count. And I say this, like, if you just put one person in a room with the bo- ballots, oh, no. th- that that's subject to the same whatever, manipulation, whatever. Yeah. You, you would need at least two to three people. Yeah. But again, that's going to take more time then. So oh, yeah, absolutely. We, so <laughs> yeah. we as a country would have to be like, we're going to vote on Thursday, right? Yeah. But we're not going to see results for maybe two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'd be nuts. And we can't do that as a country. We need, and as a society, we need everything to be immediate. Look. Thank you, Amazon. As I say, look at Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look at people's ability to delay gratification on things, whether that be food, pornography, whatever. Yeah. We don't have it. And, I, and I'll admit I am just yeah. as guilty as the next person at times. But we also need to realize that we need to look at something. There, there are some things that they brought up. I will admit like the statistical anomalies and that. It's like, okay, let's, let's run with that. Let's complete the audits. But pulling forward and running a three-day symposium and saying 
da 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 These packet captures prove it. Drive me nuts. You think, I wonder, like, well, obviously, you think of all the people that just have no clue, though. And that's and they a just thing. take his word for it. My mom is one of those. Yeah. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm like, mother, I work in the technology field. <laughs> what they're talking about here just a load of crap. is laughable at yeah. best, <sighs> misleading and lying at worst, intentionally Ooh. misleading and lying at worst. That's bad. Now, can I say that they are attention misleading and lying? No, I can't say that directly. Right. Because, and here's the here's the, probably the worst and saddest reality of it. Mike Lindell really does believe in his heart of hearts that the election was stolen. Yeah. Someone capitalizing on that sold him data that has been falsified and tampered with. They're making money. And then he's using that as a platform. But again, he won't reveal where he got his so, data from. So again, it's impossible to know the authenticity of it. Right. Best case well, that, best case scenario, it's falsified. Right. Worst case scenario, this is data that's stolen out of uh government office. Ooh. In which case or uh, actually even worse worser case scenario, this is a result of some wiretapping which is technically illegal, illegal. in the United States. So he 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 he's making a mistake right so now. So he needs to again he needs to go on record of where this data came from. That's one. If he wants to be taken serious at all. Right. Two. He needs to make the data available for data researchers, data scientists, network security people to be able to scrutinize and analyze. And he keeps going on, "Oh, I can't do that because then they're going to get it and manipulate it." Here's how you prevent that. We're going to go back to my favorite word of the day today, hashing. Hash. You release a hash. You, you, you take the, all the data, right? Zip it. Take a hash of that. They get it. If they say, oh, the data says this and this and this, have them take a zip of the file of that, all of that data, create a hash. Do the hashes match? Huh. If they don't, then the data has been tampered That's with. Must. Hashing is remarkably useful in that regard. It is an authentication method, a detection method, and a security method, all in one. There's a lot to... Wow. I can't wrap my head around all this. This is crazy. <laughs> the, only th- the only thing I'm coming to my mind is don't buy my pillow. <laughs> I, if, if you want to buy my pillow because you like their pillows, go ahead. I don't care. Don't do it. No, but, don't support but, him. But please don't, please don't spread... This crazy notion. The truth of all the hard evidence that Mike Lindell has against the... He, I don't know if you know if you know this or not. He's what? done... Because he has his own website now, Frank TV or whatever, Frank, whatever. He, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Or Frank.com or something. Yeah. You know, it's it's his social media platform since he got kicked off of all the social medias. Oh. oh. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's done three different documentaries already since the election and he keeps going oh this is going to prove it this is going to prove it and no data has been released though and that drives me nuts probably the most on this whole thing wow because i'm like you gotta just at some point you have to show the receipts otherwise you have to just be quiet yeah if you have an extraordinary claim an extraordinary claim requires extraordinary evidence yeah in this case, we don't even have a slip of paper to even write my name on as piece of that evidence yet. I guess it was, for as long as, well, I guess, I mean, yeah, it hasn't been long. It hasn't been that long. But, like, uh, it makes me think of, like, from some of the people when Trump for, won for the first time, like, everyone was just like, for a while afterwards, they're just complaining, complaining, complaining. Just like, at some point, just stop. Live with it and go on. Mike, you're making enough money. You'll be fine. <laughs> and that's the thing. You know, again, would I, would I have preferred Trump to win? Yes. You're right. But at a certain point, we have to stop causing, it's, it's, causing issues on something that doesn't 
matter as matter much. anymore. Yeah, it's, it's there's got to be something better you can do with your resources to help get through this than try and fix something that you think was wrong. Who the president is matters less to me right now than who's in Congress, who's in the Senate, who's on the local boards. Because you're starting to see across the country, I don't know if you're paying attention to this at all right now, um, down in Atlanta, um, a mother recently sued uh, the school district. Yeah. (gasps) Do you know why? Is it the teaching stuff? Wait. What happened in the school? Her child, I forget if she had a daughter or son in the school. Her child was placed into one of two classrooms that was for blacks only. This is in 2000, 2001. Oh, this current situation? Yes. Okay. This isn't back in segregation, back when, before unification, desegregation of schools and that. This is current. A mother had to sue the school because her child, black child, was placed into a blacks-only classroom. Guess in what? 2001. This happened in 2000 and still happening. Just a quick point of clarification here because I realized it while I was editing. I said in here 2000, that should be 2020, 2021. Uh, this news story that I'm referencing just happened uh, at tail end of last year, start of this year. So this is 2020, 2021 that this is still happening in. Guess what? The principal, a black woman, defended the decision saying it was the appropriate thing to do because there were things that uh, the child could get in a black-only classroom that they couldn't get in a mixed classroom. And the mother's like, no, I want my child in a mixed classroom. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on that we're now in 2000, 2000? I'm not even talking about mass stuff. I'm not even talking about vaccine stuff. That's a whole other conversation. But what? who thought it'd be a great idea to start segregating our schools again? I don't. And that's happening at, that's just one example of that happening as oh well right now. Oh my gosh. There are there are um, colleges that are segregating based on race, you know, for dorms, for classes, for safe spaces, and all that stuff as well. So, who's elected at the school board level, at the local level, is more important than who's at the presidential level. We like to imagine that the president has all this power and authority and ability, right? But we have a lot more here locally right yeah i always used to think like younger growing up i was like oh a new president doesn't do much as far as like when they get in office and i was like well things that the the changes that they might make they probably wouldn't have much effect on me which i've grown up to i guess kind of realize it's got more than i thought it did but at the same time yeah the, the whole all the local stuff and depending on who's uh, again, like the, the house and the stuff like that, like who's in control of that can have a bigger impact. Yeah. It, is, it, oh. it, and I find it um, horribly funny Yeah, that this is happening in Atlanta, right? When you see articles still about like, hey, in North Carolina, there's still segregated school rooms. In Texas, they're still, you know, they're claiming there's segregated school rooms in, in, in these states still. They're like, we need to end the segregation. And Atlanta's going backwards saying, no, we need to segregate. Keep it going. And I'm like, well, hold on. Someone needs to get those people, that print, you know, those people on the school board out and get that taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, that's awful. That's not okay. So that's why it's more important at the local level, honestly, than the president. Yes, the president represents us on the national stage to other countries. Yes, the president um, helps especially to come up with ideas for new legislation. You know, vice president serves as a tiebreaker in the Senate if there's a tie, which right now we're at 50-50 Democrat Senate, so uh, Democrat-Republican. So guess who Kamala's going to probably side for most of the time? Um, the Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but that's going to happen continually. So that's why it's like, it's, it's, 
yes, those are some nice national things, but when you come down to it, powers that are not exclusively granted to the government in the Constitution are granted not at the national level, but at the state level. And states then, you know, do their jurisdictions locally and all that other stuff. So that's why it's it's real important to get what's happening down at the, at the state and local level squared away. And that's more important than what's happening at national. The national. Man. I mean, we could put a cardboard box in for a president right now, just as effective as the current one. And in some <laughs> ways, it seems like at times. And, and here's the thing. I would say that if Trump wasn't president too, was president too. Could put a cardboard box there just as effective. <laughs> we need Better. to work on what's happening locally. We need to pay attention. And we need to we need to be aware of how these things are going on. Yeah. And it drives me nuts that these things are going away with it and people are just fine with it. And it's not until enough people get upset about it that things change. Change. It's not until enough people are like, oh, yeah, should probably look into this, that things change. And then it is just this continual decline of the world. And what sucks is the, the, and what sucks, and I hate that I have to say this in my personal experience. So this is not backed by science. This is, you know, antidotal evidence. The biggest spreaders that I have seen of fake news have been Christians. <gasps> Especially like more right-leaning Christians. The conservative. And that makes me sad. Yeah. Because that's where I lean. That's where that's my political party. And, and anytime I see someone spreading fake news like that, it just makes me beyond vomit a little. Uh, <laughs> it just makes me upset and sad because What's going to happen then is they're going to, someone else is going to point at that and say like, look, you believe what they believe. And I'm like, no, 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 calm down, you know? Um, so like one of the things, I don't know if you saw this or not. So there's a, a thing, it's called operation lockstep. Okay. So let me explain the Rockefeller foundation. Do you know about them? Do you know who the Rockefellers are? I know that name. Rich oil family. Oh, real, okay. Yeah, real yeah, rich. yeah, So they have a lot of foundations, right? Yes. So about 10 years ago, 10, uh, 10 years, yeah, it's about 10 years ago now, they did, um, for one of their things, they released like a, like a book of case studies of like, hey, this is how technology can impact the world and that. And they're like, let's go through a hypothetical situation, hypothetical hypothetical scenario, and and see how technology can help prevent this disaster scenario from happening. And you know, and to be fair, the scenario is, well, <laughs> uh, pull this up here. The ideas are in some ways close to what we have with the COVID vaccine, you know, the COVID, I'd call it nightmare, not vaccine, the nightmare that we have currently, you know, with Delta, Lambda, I don't know, sacred timeline version. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> okay, so the scenario in question, again, was called Operation Lock, uh, was called Lockstep, okay? And the scenario was a world of tighter, top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. So here's a scenario that they wrote, and they wrote this in 2010, okay? So this is documented, the book's out there, and I'll get into how we got fake news in here and how I saw a lot of people I know personally who are very good Bible-believing Christians post fake news and what they posted as the fake news and it gets even worse when we go back into how this all ties in okay so this was published in 2010 okay okay i'm going to read the first little bit and you'll see how it kind of ties in with covid and how people start making uh ties to it in 2012 the pandemic that the world has been anticipating for years finally hit unlike 2009's h1n1 this new influenza strain originating from wild geese, was extremely virulent and deadly, 
Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million in just seven months. Okay, And it goes on, talks about how uh, it was bad for the economy, uh, mobility of people and goods was screeched to a halt, industries were uh, demolished essentially, global supply chains were broken, uh, local small shops were closed for months. People were on employment for a long time. And then it goes on about leaders around the world uh, flexing their authority and imposing airtight rules and restrictions, which we're actually seeing in Australia right now. So in a way, that's like, yeah, that's kind of true for Australia. But, you know, you have that going on, okay? So it's just going on. And this kind of was written in 2010. This is what I read of people saying, this is what was in the 2010 Rockefeller playbook. Well, actually, they didn't say it was in the 2010 book. They said this was from a book from the 1980s about the New World Order. And they called it the Rockefeller playbook, Operation Lockstep. Okay, the Rockefeller playbook, Operation Lockstep. Scenario is called Lockstep. No operation. They're adding words in. Coming from a different source, not a 2010 uh, thing where they went through the scenarios and tried to see how this would affect, but instead, this is apparently a book from the 80s on a satanic new world order. Okay, and I knew this was fake the moment I read it. And let's see if you will understand why that I knew it was fake the moment I read it. And they're like, Oh, this book is from the 80s, like two years after I graduated. How could we not see this coming? The Rockefeller playbook, Operation Lockstep, first phase. Common cold slash flu, mild symptoms at most. Media endorsement of mass paranoia and fear. Flawed testing system utilized, which picks up any genetic material in the body and triggers a positive result. Really? Any test that returns a 100% positive result is going to raise red flags. Already my brain just wants to stab this author for doing this to us. Here's where it gets worse. Inflation of COVID case numbers through the changing of death certificates, doubling, double counting, classifying all deaths, including our diseases and natural causes as COVID-19. Supposedly, this was written in the 80s. Yeah. They knew about it from the get-go. And people I personally know were spreading this thing. Oh, look at this. This is proof that it's... I'm like, oh, gosh. Lockdown will continue. Lockdown will condition people to live under draconian laws, prevent protests, and identify public resistance second phase the first phase will lead to compromise in frail immune systems through lack of food social distancing wearing a mask lack of sunlight and healthy bacteria exposure to 5g radiation will further attack the immune system we knew we were going to have 5g back in 1980 something i need to get rid of my phone yeah this is bad that 5G radiation that's bad for you, that's fake news as well. I went over that a few uh, a year or so ago. Thus, when people reemerge in society, more people will fall ill. This will be blamed on COVID-19. This will all occur before the vaccination is ready to justify it. A longer and more potent lockdown will follow until everyone takes the vaccine. Third phase. If a majority of people resist the vaccine... A weaponized SARS-HIV-MERS virus will be released. A lot of people will die from this. It will be the survival of the fittest. It will also be the ultimate push for everyone to be vaccinated in order to return to normality. Those who have taken the vaccine will be at war with those who have not. There will be anarchy from all sides. And then then what they have is... And here's the other part that drives me nuts. They have, and I have this here in my hands here, this uh, this document. They have a thing attached to it. System and method for testing for COVID-19 patent 2016. Last updated, June 22nd, 2016. They're like, see, they knew about testing for COVID-19 way back in 2016. See, they've been developing. And then this same site also is like, look at these screenshots of these inventory systems that said COVID-19 testing back in 2015 and the shipments to the U.S. and the world. I'm like, 
stop. Knock <laughs> it off. I'm like, first off, how do we know these um, these systems are authentic? That, that's the first question I need to know about. Okay. Secondly, you know, I, and I'll admit I have not looked up this uh, this particular patent, you know, in it. But yeah, part of me, part of me, just like the other document that they attached of the playbook from the Operation Lockstep, something tells me this is altered. Because this reads nothing, nothing like what I read to you for Lockstep. Right. And they say, oh, this is a page from a book about the New World Order in the 80s. You know what? I found that book. I downloaded it. Uh Uh-oh. Guess what? This isn't in there. I searched the entire book for it and I found it as a PDF. So I was able to do a computer search. Yeah. I was able to, you know, search for specific words. I was able to look. I looked for COVID, flu. I looked for lockdown, triggers, test, distancing, mask, 5G, radiation, people, vaccine, weaponized. Nope. Didn't come up. Negative. As Christians, we are supposed to be ones held to a higher authority on telling the truth at all times, even when it's inconvenient, even when we don't like it. We're supposed to be the ones being a light in the world. We cannot do that if we're allowing our political allegiances to blind us to say, but I, my Trump, I want my Trump. Or even if you wanted Biden, my Biden, I want my Biden. We cannot be spreading false news. Shouldn't be. Yeah. We before we spread it, we need to validate it. Run through some sanity checks. Yeah. Test number one. If any of these red raise a red flag, you stop before sharing it and do further research. Yeah. Does this, without any shadow of a doubt, prove my viewpoint? That right there will stop ninety nine percent of the stuff from being shared just straight oh. out. You know why? Because then you have to further research it. Second thing, if it doesn't necessarily like further your viewpoint, it doesn't necessarily, but it, it kind of goes around and kind of goes in the general direction you want to go. Okay. Second thing, are there sources linked from it? Right. And do okay, those yeah. sources actually resolve and do they read right? Right. If it's a news article, how biased is that news article? And um, is it from a known site that, 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 doesn't on a regular basis give off fake news. If you have something like NewsGuard, you can validate it against that, you know, because NewsGuard won the criteria. Even if they give it a red um, overall score, they will still give it a green if they don't post false news. If they post, um, you know, maybe they post real news, but they interject opinion with it sometimes, they'll give them a red uh, overall score, but they'll give them a green for, hey, but they post real news. They don't post fake news. They don't, you know, so read the political fact nutrition label, see what they do. Check to see, you know, is this a, maybe a conspiracy site where, you know, Oh, look, we just saw bat boy and lizard man and you know, everything else do those checks as well. Because as much as we want to believe as much as we want to post off that thing on Facebook and says, see, this proves my point. I'm right. Told ya. You know, the Supreme Court is going to vote 9-0 to reinstate Trump. I told you because I have the data packet captures I never released, Mike Lindell. Um, <laughs> if you're able to go through those things and, you know, especially the does not pulse, uh, post false information. If you're able to go through that and say, I can see the site does not do fake news, does not do fake information. Then post it. Yeah, because guess what? More than likely, then it's going to have some stuff that's going to back it up. But if during that exercise, you're like, huh, I came across this weird news site from the UP in the middle of nowhere. I'm not saying just because it's from the UP in the middle of nowhere that's fake news. They might actually be perfectly great news. Now, that being said, we do have to admit and we have to acknowledge that 
recently the the quality of the news is going down in an overall manner. And what I mean by that is things that normally would things that would normally be considered um false by most people they'll pass off as true and say it's true. So I understand that and you have to take everything with a grain of salt and you kind of have to do a little you kind of have to do stuff to make sure that you're filtering that out. And you know what? That means you're going to have to use your brain some. You're going to have to think critically about something. You're going to have to analyze it and you're going to have to look at the facts and you're probably going to have to look at those facts from multiple sources. That's so much work. I know. Uh, But the only way we're going to get out of this fake news thing. Because people do their part. Is people do their part and look at it from multiple sides. Get rid of the garbage people that are doing this. And here's the thing. And my mom hates me that I do this. <gasps> I watch news from all sides. That's awful. I know. How awful. It's you know How can you even listen to those people from CNN? <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know why I do it? Is because I get their perspective on something. I'm able to get another side's perspective on something. I'm able to get multiple angles of the same article. Right. Somewhere in all those opinions is the fact. And somewhere in all those opinions is the truth as well. Hmm. If I just listen to one side or the other, it's going to be spun in a way that may be factually true, but is spun to make the other side false. Right. You know, you it doesn't take much to spin a fact to make it lean politically one way or the other. It doesn't. And the and the way you do it is just, you just kind of keep going back and you look at it from multiple angles. Another thing we need to do is, I don't know if you've seen this or not, a lot of people are like, we need to normalize saying, I don't know because I don't have, uh, because I didn't study that field. I'm going to say this. We need to normalize telling those people to shut up who say, I don't know because I didn't study this field. It that's is, that's it, rude. It's appropriate, good, and beneficial for you to have an opinion on it. I'm not saying you go out into the road and beat everyone with your opinion over the head. Yes. But I'm saying it is good for you to stay informed. It is not good for you to go, well, I didn't study economics, so therefore I'm never going to form an opinion. I'm not going to listen to the articles on it. It's not good. It's good for you to have those opinions. It's good for you to study them. It's good for you to learn on your own. It's good for you to form your own thoughts and think critically about things. As much as people don't like that. Yeah, I can be one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So it it is definitely good to be critically thoughtful of all those things. But I mean, I do do agree 100% on that. On which part? uh, Well, as as in like, you know, doing research and stuff and being able to say, well, <laughs> the whole normalizing I don't know is not an okay thing to do. Yeah. I, I think that actually. That's just like a dumbing down of the nation. <laughs> well, it's not even dumbing down. It It's giving a, le, it's giving a legitimacy to people who say, I don't want to uh, think critically about that. And we shouldn't allow that. If you need, if you're going to be a part of this. Um, what what you might call it, they call it the American experiment. You probably should have some thoughts on some things. You should right. probably have thoughts on multiple things. Because guess what? When you're electing someone, either at the national or the local level, you're not just electing an expert in your field. You're electing someone who's going to impact your life in multiple ways. Yeah. Well, I guess it is. I don't know. I feel like growing up, Slightly, because it's not, like, really happening. I don't know. Anywho, um, it's, like, it seems like more and more it's, like, we're getting by by just people BSing their way through things. And it's, like, that's going to become more and more normal to the point where it's just, like, we don't really know what we're doing, but we're going to do something to just do it. 
kind yeah. of thing. And that's like we we don't we yeah we need to have people one that are experts in their fields and what they do of stuff. Because I don't know, the whole idea of just being okay with people saying, "Well, I don't know," but then we'll be like, "But we can use your help. We'll just teach you how to do it a little bit to get by." And through the rest of the way, they're just faking the way through stuff. I don't know. It's it's funny. I don't like it. It's funny. You know why? Why? Because what's your catchphrase? I don't know. 